Ready? Let's go. Give me a vacation. Vacation. Give me a golf course. 70 courses. Let's get a water sport. Can I get excursions? We're watching. Time for chill vibes. Beach yoga. How about a garden tour? Give me a dolphin. What's that spell? San Diego. If you're happy and you know it, San Diego is the place to show it. Book your trip at san diego.org. Funded in part with the City of San Diego Tourism Marketing District Assessment Funds. Snakes, zombies, sharks, heights, speaking in public. The list of fears is endless. But while you're clutching your blanket in the dark, wondering if that sound in the hall was actually a footstep, the real danger is in your hand when you're behind the wheel. And while you might think a great white shark is scary, what's really terrifying and even deadly is distracted driving. Eyes forward. Don't drive distracted. Brought to you by NHTSA and the Ad Council. As the number one audio company, iHeartMedia gives you access to all. Every audience, live conversations, trusted influencers, and the insights and data you need to grow. iHeartMedia is your access company. Go to iHeartResults.com for more. Hey, it's Mark Murphy, and welcome to the first episode of Food 360 Live. With me on the mic is Emily Carpin, who some of you might know as Little Star 84 if you follow me on Instagram. She's my director of communications and co-producer, and now she's going to host the show with me from Surfside Studios, also known as Where We're Quarantined. I'm honored to have, as my first guest, a very good friend. He's kind of like my brother, Chef Aron Sanchez. Aron, so good to see you. So, how have you been during this time? You're you're with uh, are you with your son right now, or are you with uh, my good friend Tio Tio Mario? Yeah, I'm with my uncle right now, and uh, he and I are uh, you know quarantined, but we're cooking a bunch. I'm spending every weekend that I can with my son, so I, I share him with uh, his mom who lives out here. So I was out here initially to uh, shoot MasterChef, uh, and we got through a good portion of the shooting but we weren't able to complete it. Oh, really? So, uh, yeah, so I took advantage of, if there's such a thing as taking advantage during this time, but it was mainly just to spend quality family time. So that's that's what I'm doing now. That's awesome. So you guys are not shooting anything right now. Did you finish the up to the season? What are you, where are you up to? No, we kind of got through midway, to be honest. Um, you know, it was very disheartening because, you know, this is the culmination of a lot of people's dreams. As you know, being a judge on Chopped, you know, this is their moment to really sort of fulfill their culinary dreams and aspirations. And uh, the fact that it had to fall short, um, you know, it's disappointing, but we're all disappointed in, in, in many different obvious ways, you know. So here we are. Um, staying healthy, feeling strong, go, cooking as much as I can. And like I'm sure you are. Yeah. Cooking um, up a storm. And I just yeah, need to no, ask. Em- yes, go ahead. Mm-hmm. I'm just saying, uh, Emily, is Mark not driving you crazy? Uh, I would just. You know, we've been yeah. work partners for over eight years now. I have never lived with him. So it's been an, it's mm-hmm. been an adjustment. But we travel. But we travel a lot <laughs> together. So, you know, he can cook. I, I can drink. I make fun videos. We have a good time, so. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, yeah. It, it's all good. It's, it's fine. It's all good. We're surviving. We're thriving. Look, we're doing a lot better than a lot of people. A lot of people are really struggling right now. We're lucky. We have enough food. We're, everybody on our side is healthy. Yes. And I hear it on your side as well. And I think that's, you know, the, the richest man is the man who has his health, they say, right? Isn't that some type of saying? I'm not very good with yeah, sayings. Yeah, 
Can you fact check that? Emily's going to have to fact check check that quote. (laughs) Also, good friends around you and people that you love. And I think this is an opportunity to really sort of have all those silly conversations that we never afforded the time to have, you know, and I think. Well, I was um, I was going to ask you, like, have you have you found something that you're doing now that you probably could have done before and uh, and you're going to keep doing later? Like, I mean, I for myself, I had I had drinks with a friend of mine who lives in Rome the other day on FaceTime. And I was like, wait a minute, why don't I do this all the time? Yeah. I took advantage of talking to a lot of my family that lives in Mexico and, um, you know, making sure that my Spanish is sharp and, and, and all that good stuff. So I've been doing, I've been doing that and that's been very fulfilling. Um, you know, and, and, and trying to make sure that I'm res- I'm rescuing old school recipes. Like, you know, I think, you know, you and I have been cooking for a long time and you have this catalog of recipes and it's like, I was just going through my computer and finding all these things. And I'm like, wow, you know, let's, let's make that again and let's see how it tastes. It's a good idea. You know? Yeah. Yeah. So, so that's something that I've been really, really into. Emily had a question for you. She's going to ask you a question. Well, first I have a, I have one question before we move off of MasterChef. I just need to know about Gordon. Like, T- tell me, How's what's he, he really like? How's oh. he like? Are you in touch with him? Is he one of your FaceTime partners? What's happening? That's a great question, Emily. And I think, you know, apart from him being an unbelievable chef, I think he's one of the most misunderstood people and also beloved at the same time. He has quite um, the reputation, I, I'd say. Yeah, you know what? And the thing is that I think, Mark, you can definitely identify with this. He was brought up in Europe. You know, so the way that people are brought up there and people's standards and how they're trained and and, and go to school is very different from the States. So when he seems to be a little bit aggressive or a little bit um, trite with the way that he teaches, that's the way he was taught. Mm -hmm. So people, you know, I think a lot of times here in the States, we do a little too much coddling where he doesn't subscribe to that way of thinking. You know, and that's that's a big part of the way that he was trained, and that's the way that he teaches. Well, but I he's think one, you, know, you and I were raised a little on the old school side. I'm, yeah. uh, I think uh, who, who was the chef at Patria when you were there? Um, Douglas. Douglas. Douglas we we have some great stories. You talking about working to the bone, and I mean, I was working in France as well. And you know, you you come up you come up for air, and you're like, what just happened to me? I was working for three years. Um, but yeah, no, I'm sure that Gordon. I mean, Gordon, obviously, a, 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 an amazing technician. But I have to say, one of the funniest things I love is I see sometimes you guys do, and I don't even know where they live. It's on your Instagram or whatever. There was one thing when you were making a taco, and you're like, what are you making? A spotted dick? What are you? And you guys were <laughs> oh, going hey. back. And that was so funny but you know what i saw through that i mean obviously your talent as a chef and his talent and but the comedic aspect of your relationship together is something that i i didn't see until i saw that video yeah you know it's you know i'm thank you for taking notice of that but you know one of the things that we've always been very fortunate uh on chopped is that we all cooked in New York. The majority of the judges there are New York-based chefs. So we've had a really close interaction from a professional level uh, through us coming up in the ranks. And when I got together with Gordon, it was like I needed to prove myself to him in certain ways. So whether it was I was doing a demonstration on, uh, for, the, for the contestants or just cooking for him in general. So there was a little bit of that, that sort of feeling out process. 
and it took me about two good years so that I could start poking fun and giving him shit. You I know, know I, I know because you I was know? I was talking to you before you went to work over there because I remember yeah. that time because you obviously you went from from working obviously with me together with all of our our brothers and sisters at Chopped and then you got the opportunity to go work with Gordon and I we were all very excited for you we are still but yeah. I, I I think we were all like uh oh what's what is that dynamic gonna be like because you can interview and you can talk to people and you can take a job but this was a big one and you going and stepping into that arena mm-hmm. that was huge and I got to tell you brother I am so proud of what you've been able to do over there and what you're doing is just it's it's beautiful I mean as you said the show unfortunately it didn't finish but the ins- inspiration you're giving chefs and inspiration that you're giving other people is uh is you know I think we all do that on television and I think it's a great it's a great thing yeah, you know, and one of the things that, I mean, Emily, you know, you can t- totally uh, relate to this in, this in the sense that, you know, your job is, is so multifaceted and, you know, we as chefs try to not become better businessmen and people that are voices for our cuisine and now we're philanthropists and we're doing all these different things with the one biggest difference I see between MasterChef and Chopped. And where I would hope Chop would sort of step up the game, but kind of the the framework of the show doesn't allow it, is that we mentor a lot on MasterChef. Mm -hmm. And the reason being is because these are amateurs and you guys are dealing with, quote unquote, professionals. And that's up for debate. That's up. That's up for debate. But um, so, for, so <laughs> most times, most so, days. Yeah, yeah. Well, it depends. It depends. But but you're absolutely that yeah. is definitely it's a it's a different type of a show. But I do love that you guys do the mentoring like that. And I mean, I think there are shows there are shows obviously on the Food Network where that does happen. But it's absolutely it's it's absolutely true that, that there's nothing better than mentoring somebody and seeing them grow up. I mean, we saw it with you know you got this dishwasher who's a kid working for you and he's busting his butt and you're like, listen, why don't you come work garbage? for a little while and then we're going to move him to the hot side and then you know all of a sudden what have you done you made a cook you made a cook you made a sous chef you might have made a chef out of that kid and that to me is something that's really really great about our business is you can work your way up and it's a beautiful thing I also I also think you know being not a chef but in this business for over eight years working with you and getting to know you around chefs are a generous type of people right like you give back you cook because you love it you cook because you want to feed people and you know other than mentoring I love that you also you have a foundation right that you kind of you help called the Aron Sanchez Foundation tell like what's happening with that what are you guys doing with youth how has it changed since this whole thing has happened yeah well you know thank you for bringing up the scholarship fund it's the Aron Sanchez Scholarship Fund and the idea is that you know when I started cooking you know back in the day like Mark and I and I just felt there was a huge disparity between Latinos having uh, leadership positions in kitchens. Mm-hmm. And I didn't want, I didn't want uh, education to be the crutch or the obstacle to obtain those positions. So, you know, as, as we start to uh, reap the benefits of our industry, I wanted to make sure I didn't forget about in, uh, how, how generous it's been. So I wanted to give back and plant these seeds. So the, the, the crux of it, the genesis of the, found, uh, the scholarship is we identify young Latino, Latina uh, kids from ages 21 to 25, give them a full ride to uh, ICC, which used to be the French Culinary Institute in New York City, and they're exposed to the best chefs and colleagues that will enter with Mark and all everybody else. And the idea is that they become eventual leaders in the industry. That is, awesome. that, that is that is that is a beautiful thing. And by the way, I I had the the you know. I, 
I'm super proud of you in in oh, in got- in the in the book that you wrote. First of all, yeah. I've known you. Okay, since La Fourchette days, if we were I want to tell everyone, yeah. it's been a long it's, time. It's been a long, it's been a long time. time. Aron and I know a lot about each other, but I got to tell you that I read your book when you sent me the when you sent me the copy of that book. I was I was super excited to get it, and I devoured it in like three days. And I don't read very good, Yuck. Okay, so this is really tough for me. He doesn't even read his emails. And I want everybody to know that I it, I want everybody to know, especially Scott Conan. It was not written in crayon. Ah! What does that mean? Favorite. What does that mean? That's a little inside joke, oh, okay. okay? A little inside yeah, yeah, joke. Yeah, explain yeah. to everyone or is just going to keep between, it between the brothers? Between the brothers, okay. yeah. We, we have a nice little rapport between the, the cooking chef brother uh, fraternity, we yeah. could call Maybe it. Maybe he'll let me borrow your book because I didn't get one. You know, I will time. send it to you, um, anything you I, need to okay. She can buy her own book. Um, <laughs> yeah. Listen, what I, think was, what I think was great was really knowing how much I mean, first of all, I always loved Tio, and I know you guys are really close, but I didn't know how close, and that book really brought that through. But not only that, is I've always known you to be a gracious and such a, such a well, such a great rounded person. And I thought it was you, but it has nothing to do with you. It's all about your mother. She's the one who beat it into yeah. you, I think. Isn't that what it yeah. came down to in the book? <laughs> She's yeah, a great yeah. woman, man. And she, she, yeah. made, a legend. she got, she made some great kids and really taught you a lot of stuff. And, and the love she gave you the way she did it, from what I read in the book, I got to tell you, last time I saw your mom, I gave her a hug and I was like, you know, I just felt, felt, felt more important. And just so everyone knows, we're talking about Aron's book, Where I Come From. It's a yeah. memoir, right? Yeah, it's a memoir. Yeah, it's basically uh, an inspirational tale and also a cautionary tale. You know, I wasn't always a good boy. Mm-hmm. Uh, <laughs> if you can imagine. I can't, I can't possibly I imagine of- that. <laughs> And I had a lot of trials and tribulations. You know, I dealt with divorce and Mm -hmm. there was some spouse of addiction and uh, tons of depression and, you know, losing my father and having uncertainty. And I wanted the book to be uh, just some insight into it, you know, and 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 say, hey, man, I'm not you're not the only, you know, young person out there dealing with it. You know what I mean? We all go through our shit. And so it was very it was a great purging exercise. It was very therapeutic. Mm -hmm. It, 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 it was really awesome to do it. Well, I, so. I think that goes that goes back to your conversation about mentoring because I think if you're a young cook and you're struggling and you might be in a little bit of trouble because a lot of cooks are getting in trouble because that's mm-hmm. where we end up in the kitchen, right? But I think mm-hmm. that book really your book your book really it was inspiring in the same way that you're mentoring on television because somebody who might have a little bit of depression or parents are going through a divorce or they're having a little bit of a hard time reading your book i think would give somebody the um you know the 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 energy or the the the, the want to go out and fight and do it and make and make it in this world yeah mark and then one of the things that i think we uh my co-writer Steph Ferrari who's wonderful she's a uh, contributing uh, writer and editor on life and time spelled time like the herb. She's wonderful. <laughs> and, and I just, I wanted a woman to co-write this book with me because women play such a pivotal role in my life from my mom to my sister, to my tias, to different chef mentors I've had. And, uh, it, it, it she did such a phenomenal job. Uh, and I think one of the things that we also covered that I think would be an interesting topic to talk about is the idea that, you and I, Mark, were there at the inception of the celebrity chef. We came, we, we came from being people that were anonymous behind the scenes to starting to get paid and being faces of brands and et cetera. You know, and that was a very 
poignant time in our in our in our industry. Well, I think it was it was mm-hmm. un, it was uncharted times. It was very mm-hmm. very different because it was like you know what what are we going to um, you know what's this going to look like in the future? And I think people are still trying to figure. out. I think you know your your boy Emerald was probably the first real guy. He was mm-hmm. now. By the way, you guys are practically related. You guys are you guys are good friends, and I know that for him, he was the um, he was sort of the real he was the real he was the first he, he was the trailblazer. Let's say right. What's his thing? Yeah, like bada bam. Bada, bada, bam. Bam, 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 bam. Well, I mean, but you you have you have to thank literally Emerald and and Gordon for that matter for getting us paid. They literally have set the the the, the benchmark on how chefs are valued, how multi. What reach we have, and I think that's really important. You know, people are so interested in the context of our lives outside the kitchen now, when that was never the case. Well, uh, no, I was just going to say, I, I, I was just going to say that you know what, during this time of what's happening, who's who's who are people watching on the internet? Right, they're watching chefs cook, they're watching chefs, you know, give them advice on how to cook beans or how to use that block of frozen beef at the back corner of your freezer. I mean, it's amazing to me that how how um, how our industry has just grown. Not only just brand representation, but also right now it's come to a point where people are just being like, you know, even though so many cooks and so many chefs are out of work, which of course we feel for all of those people. But if you go on on social media and you look, like, ever, I mean, all the people. Everybody's talking about what they're cooking, what well, they're everyone's making. Everyone's at home. Yeah, everybody's at home, yeah. and it's, it's it's pretty it's pretty interesting. But I think the one thing that after all this is over with, I hope I hope that a lot of the world learns some lessons about, you know what, what's happening right now. And I think one of the things to me. The the sir, people in the service industry, the people that are farmers, the people that are, are pulling the stuff out of the ground and getting it to the market and restaurant workers and chefs and cooks. Look how important economically and obviously physically everybody needs these people now. The person stocking the shelves. The, you know, I think before people were sort of looking down on a lot of these professions. Now they're the most important. Well, profession. they're essential workers now, right? They've, that's how they've been categorized, which is what they've always been. But you know, our society doesn't really view them that way all of the time. Well, now, but I, now, now, yeah. I think, now I'm now I'm excited because I think it's like, okay, look how important these people are. I think it's super cool that this is actually happening in the sense that it's going to bring, it's going to elevate all those people. And I think that you know, it, it's it's uh, it's all tied together. I think in some way, and it's sort of um, it's it's you know, I don't know. It's a lot of I, stuff to I, think no, no. about. No, 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 I agree. I mean, you know, we have our good friends over at, at Balsam Co., you know, Sarah Abel and Phil Balls, you know, they're they're on the front lines with the Independent Restaurant Coalition, you know, I mean, and just some of these facts are startling. You know, the, the restaurant industry uh, employs more people, the only people that employ more people than the restaurant business is the federal government. Mm-hmm. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. We're, we're talking about 11 million people and that's just restaurant employees through our industry. But then think about, like you just mentioned, all the different outlets, whether it's, you know, the, the farmers, whether it's the wine people, whether it's all the people that help us uh, to maintain our restaurants and their livelihood. I mean, it's, it's scary stuff. My simple solution to the problem was remove people from the scene and help them feel safer. In response to attacks against Asian Americans, Maddie Park raised over $250,000 to donate cab rides to the Asian community. There is so much more work to be done. We really need to come together and tackle this issue as a community. Support the Asian community. 
Learn how at lovehasnolabels.com. Brought to you by Love Has No Labels and the Ad Council. Hey, it's Zuko and Kayla from The Wake Up Call. Enjoy your podcast, but when you're done, don't forget about us. We have a radio show. We try to bring a smile to your face every morning. We also talk to some of the hottest country stars of today, and we like to share some good news with That's What I Like. Because Lord knows that's hard to find. When you're done podcasting your podcast, listen to us at 92.3 WCOL. Set your preset on your radio right now, and don't forget you can listen to us online on the iHeartRadio app. Now I want to switch, you know, gear. I want to switch gears a little bit. You know, I, I was watching your Instagram as we were just talking about chefs are watching chefs' Instagrams and whatnot, and, and we've been doing a couple of things together live where we carved a chicken together the other day. But for Easter, you made short ribs, and yeah. I loved watching that video, especially when your hand went in and threw all those chilies right in, <laughs> right in there. You had so yeah. many chilies in there, and it looked so good. Uh, so why did you choose uh, why did you choose short ribs for Easter? Is that is that what you could find or? Well, yeah, to be very no honest, no squab you know, available for you around. No, yeah. no squab exactly. No, you know what? It was crazy. Like you know, because we've been quarantined. One of the things I do in the morning, I try to take do some physical activity. So uh, hold on, I'll show you something cool. Uh oh, he's leaving the building. Wait, <laughs> Are you are you gonna are you are you demonstrating this that you is, have a weight set? This, yeah, this is this is Suave Tell, okay? Oh, so every oh. so every Mexican is, is, Yeah, he's now we're lifting, looking for yeah. He's 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 bench pressing um it looks like the, the, laundry, uh, the, the detergent? laundry detergent, is that what that is? Yeah, yeah, yeah. So every Mexican always uses Suave Tell on their laundry, so we smell clean. <laughs> so I'm using this as a straight up uh, curl machine. That, that's anyway, good. you know cool. the, the other thing I noticed in your video. <laughs> you know the other thing I noticed in your video up against the wall. I saw a glance. You have a row of Cholula and all the different flavors. Oh, yeah. That Hello. looked. Del- are you? Are you? Do you work with Cholula, or why do you have so many uh, Cholulas in the in the house? Oh man, I'm, that's an interesting question. I'm happy that you brought that up, Mark. Um, <laughs> uh, I just want to go on record. No, Cholula is my favorite uh, hot sauce around. Just put it out there. It is the perfect combination of uh, flavor and heat. I'm just throwing that out there. <laughs> <laughs> You've never said that before. But, but it, it totally is. And yeah, so I have a, a lot of my favorite little weapons. I have my cacique cheese in the fridge. I use that a lot, obviously. <laughs> And uh, while we're at it, you know, at the end of the night, just to go to sleep, I take some Casadores tequila, you know, (laughs) just take me to the finish line. Wait a minute. These aren't brands that you might be working with, are they by any chance? I don't know what you're talking about. It's like, no, back, back we, we Let's Sir. change the subject. But actually, now you know, now that you are cook, you're cooking at home a lot more, right? Which you know, yeah, we always yeah. get that question: Do chefs actually cook at home? And and Mark doesn't, as I'm sure you do, because you guys you love it. Mm-hmm. But is there anything that you've learned during quarantine uh, that you maybe about yourself, about cooking, an ingredient mm-hmm. you thought you liked, you didn't like? Any what's what's happening? Well, you know, it's interesting, Emily. You know, and I'll, I'll ask you the question. Maybe you can answer it after I answer your question. Okay. First of all, I'll ask you a question, and then I'll answer mine so we oh, don't get... Boy, that I mean, we're going to play Okay. No, I'm just saying, sort of someone that's outside of, of the chef, you know, you are in the chef world, but you're not a chef. Right. How have you seen... Um, how have you seen the industry in any, what are the hopeful things that you have seen during this time? Like, what are some positive things? Cause I've, I've read some stuff as of late, like, you know, we're going to go to disposable menus and now, you know, as a gradual process, mm-hmm. you know, to get us back into some sort of semblance of order. And, 
I'd just be interested to hear what you have to say about it. That's a very interesting question, Aron. Um, yeah, I mean, I think it's definitely changed our industry completely, right? We we come from a place where we want to always gather and go out to dinner and eat, and now we can't do that. So I think that I've what I've what I've learned and what I know is that our industry, or like I said, some of the kindest people and the most charitable people that we know. So I think that the restaurants like 11 Madison Park and those high-end restaurants that are now becoming, using all the vegetables and becoming essentially like a grocery store. I think it's going to change the way we view some of the restaurants, but I also think that it's great that in this time that they can kind of um, maneuver what they do to help where we are, which I think is important. I think a lot of industries just stop. And as many restaurants that have sadly closed and will hopefully reopen after, there's also a lot of them have that have pivoted to kind of go with the time that we have now. And I think that that's really important. I think that it's a, a key thing for, for businesses to, to recognize and to notice that we can be flexible and we can change and continue to help the environment, what we're doing and the people that work with it. So... Yeah, like sort of like have you yeah. seen Jamie Jamie Bisonette and uh, and uh, and Ken Oranger? Have you followed their Instagram? Yeah. I think they're they're feeding all they're of feeding Boston. All, yeah, I the think they're feeding work. every yeah. doctor in Boston right now. Those two guys are just killing it up there. Yeah. They've taken their yeah. restaurants and they're like just okay. We're feeding everybody. I was yeah. I, those guys are amazing. And you know what? I spoke with Michael Simon the other day, and you know. Um, taking this opportunity, obviously, to connect with everybody. And he brought up a very interesting point. He said that through this time, it, it has made us most aware that we need to have uh, systems in place if this happens in the future. It doesn't have to have a pandemic around it. Mm-hmm. What happens if you have a long-term employee that has been, that's older, that got sick, or someone, you know what I mean? That's something that the restaurant, forget about insurance and forget about works comp and all that. But what can we do you know, what happens if the gas goes off? You know, you know, you know what I mean? Like, yeah, what, yeah. Are the, what, are, what are the things, is there a fund that we're dipping some money into that that's our backup? Yeah, we got to take care saying? of each other. You know, it's it's, it's about know? taking care of each other, I think, in a lot of ways. And by the way, you mentioned Michael Simon, and I got to tell you, he's doing the, the world a service. I mean, every night he's home mm-hmm. and he's cooking and he's showing the world an easy, simple recipe anybody can make. And you know what I love about him? And his his voice is very his soothing. Laugh. His laugh. His is laugh great. is great. But he's he's so yeah. soothing. But he also just makes it so approachable. And uh, and and he's he's doing well. You're very much like that. You're very much like yeah, that. I, I got to tell you, filming me cooking dinner every night—that's a—that's a big commitment. He's been doing it every mm-hmm. night now. I think he's up to like he must be in the fortieth night or something making dinner. Yeah, he's, but, he's doing. He's you know, doing he, he's very dedicated, like you are, Mark. And just what, I want to sing your praises a little bit. I think watching you cook, you have you, you're one of the few chefs that has such a broad palate. Uh, not only with your life experiences, but the way you cook. I think watching you cook, you strip things down, you make it flavorful, you make it easy to understand, and that's one of the most... One of the one of the many beautiful things about you. Well, you know, so a, I just a, want to tell you. a lot of people ask me sometimes. They're like, you know, how do you cook? How do you know what you're going to cook? And I'm like, I don't know. I don't know what I got. You know what I mean? Like people are like, what do you? I got to go to the store and see what they have. And then I just, you know, I'm one of those people. Who just lets the ingredients talk to me. I don't talk to them. <laughs> they, they they tell me what to do. You know, and then and it's like, you know, if that's 
that's what's and it's also about balance and nutrition and 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 textures and and uh you know acidity and sweetness and saltiness i mean there's just so many things but it's one of those things that to me is just sort of natural i was born eating well and i've you know grew up obviously in europe so i got to eat really well as a kid and i it's just sort of that formed my palate and i think that that i i have to be you know i was lucky you know spending this summers in the south of france by my grandmother's apron while she was cooking it was fantastic watching all that, you know. Yeah, hey, by the way, I was going to ask you. You know, we're talking about um, about all everything people are doing now during the time. But what is your who who have you been following uh, that might be uh, unexpected on Instagram or any of the social media outlets? Because I know a lot of people for their entertainment, they're going to their social media to see what's going on. But who who, who have you been following that you've been maybe surprised at or? Um, I have a great one that I just, oh, I just wanted to let you know about. But for me, I'll tell you real quick, real quick, is Danielle Boulud. Yeah. So we, oh, we love Danielle, well, right? He's, me too. But, Danielle. But the way he cooks at home, and it's just because he's 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 got his accent, and he's like he made he he's made so a, he made a chicken on Sunday night, which was ah, poulet bouilli. It's a, it's a boiled chicken in a pot, and it just seems so simple. But he makes everything. Feels so elegant, fancy. He, he he's was doing, fancy. It, he's he's fancy, but he was cooking shanks the other right. day, and he just I, I don't know. There's that. something about, you saw that too, right? It was just something yeah, but about. he's like. He's like John George. You're like, why do you ever not look disheveled? And like, they you always and I, look together. I will say that they're always put together. Very nice. You and you and I go to have two beers at a bar, and we look you like, like disheveled messes. Yes, and these guys are like. Looking sharp and all. I'm like, dude, what's going on? Like, tell, like, tell us the secret. You know what I'm saying? But no, I agree. You know, uh, Danielle to see him at home and you know do his thing and also the recipes that he's cooking very speak to his childhood. And I think that's really what's cool about this. You know, I'm not doing a good enough job of cooking the recipes that I grew up with. And I think. You know, this next week or two, I think I'm going to go back to Roots and celebrate some of my mom's and my grandmother's cooking. You going to make the chicken wings from the book? I will make some of the book stuff just because we need to get some people buying it, by the way. It's available <laughs> on Amazon and many different... And you can actually get the Audible version. So on Audible. Oh, someone did so, ask that. Okay. Wait, did you read it? Did he read his I own book? A, no, no. Did you do the Audible? Yes, I had to orate it. Wow. Man, that that was one of the toughest things I've ever had to do in my life. Where did you do it? All over, because I was I was traveling, so I'd have to go and jump in a studio in L.A. and New Orleans and Chicago or wherever I was at. So oh my gosh. it was tough. That's a lot of work. I have, so since we're talking about quarantine and, and you guys both cooking, what is, I, this question is for both of you, actually. What will you keep doing once this is all over that you are doing now? That you'll incorporate start, back. I'm going to start uh, actually stocking more product in my house. <laughs> and I'm going to also start cooking more out of my freezer and not taking that stuff for granted. Right. Well, I'm going to try to get I'm going to try to get together with friends in real life and not just on the telephone and watching these these No, but you did that things. before. But I did that before, but now okay, You're so good. maybe now just try to stay more connected to people. I think, you know, right now I think what am I going to do? I think I'm going to just I'm going to try to take in all seriousness. I I think what I'm going to probably do is 
look at my life or look at my what I do every day and really start doing the things that I want to do that feel important and that are that are um you know we're, we life is precious we're not here very long on this big blue marble some people say but it's like let's do the things let's let's see our friends more often let's Let's not let, you know, work always get in the way. I don't have time. I don't have time. I got to like, let's stop. You know what I mean? Let's sit down and have a meal together. Let's, let's share moments together. I think that's something that's really important because right now we're, we're, everybody's really missing that human connection with friends or family or relatives. And I just want to be able to be like, okay, you know what? When we can get back together. Yeah. I want to go meet you at Esca and have a nice fish dinner. You know what I mean? And see our good friend, David Pasternak. That's, that's, that's what I want to do. I want to get our friends together. Sam, you were saying something, Em? Oh, I was just going to say, I mean, I have learned that I can actually live with a lot less, right? Like, I didn't plan on being out here for this long of a time. And um, I think it's kind of refreshing. I'm going to totally go back and just get rid of the stuff that I don't need, donate. And, you know, it's kind of liberating to be like, oh, I can can really only live with a lot. I'm not going to, I know what you're going to say. I'm not going to repack my suitcase any lighter for when we travel. But in general, that is what I'm doing. So I will be reminding her that when we're traveling. Yeah, I knew that was coming. She brings that huge suitcase. And we're like, what's all this stuff you don't need in the suitcase? <laughs> well, yeah, well, I follow a site on Instagram, which all of you guys should follow, called Facts and Scientists. Facts and Science. And it's one of these things where they just give you little nuggets of information. And they say that women overpack by 60% on traveling. Oh, it's wait. I'm gonna, I got 60, 6, 0. You know, we need options. Uh, I agree. <laughs> There's nothing wrong with it. It's, <laughs> it's not even that important. But it's the I shoes. Agree. Yeah, yeah, it's the shoes. But in but all seriousness, I only have like three three pairs here now, and I, I can live with it. So I do think it's um it's been a kind of a eye-opening experience to be like, wow, you don't eat a lot. Yeah, well, you know, you brought something up interesting, Mark. You're saying the idea of, you know, how do we define ourselves, right? Like you have an interesting narrative because you you were brought up in Europe, and you and you know people in Europe, you know, you know they work to live, you know. We live to work mm-hmm. in this country. We're defined by our occupations, you know. I do this, and this this somehow gives me uh, gratification. This gives me sort of uh, a, a presence in people's view. Out there in Europe, man, they're living for that month and a half uh, vacanza or holiday. You know what I'm saying? Yep. So I think this whole opportunity, this whole exercise has taught us a little bit of that. Yeah, because this, this, this doesn't mm. feel like a holiday right now. No, but it's <laughs> no, true. To, to your point, I think it's taught, you know, luckily if you still are able to work, you're, you're able to do that. But for a lot of people, it's, it's given an opportunity to slow down a bit, right? In America, you don't really take all of that time to spend a lot of time at home. You're always traveling or, you know, whatever life comes up. But now we're all forced to kind of be with friends or family or wherever you ended up and you have a lot more time. And I think it's, that's one of the, I guess, you know, nice things about it is that you can take a minute to slow down and read a book and talk to those people you were always going to call and never did. Yep. Yeah. It's like, t- stop and smell the roses. Exactly. But now I want to ask you another very serious question, Aron. Is, is I know that at the beginning of this uh, pandemic, uh, this lockdown that we've all been, you know, social distancing, you saw the news reports of everybody running to the grocery store and, and getting a toilet paper. And there was a lot of shortage of toilet paper. I just want to ask you, Aron, do you have enough toilet paper? Actually, what we're doing here at our house is that... 
I'm, I'm, I'm using I'm I'm using some. We wash it, we dry it out, and then I pass it to my uncle, to my tío. <laughs> then he uses it after I'm done. It's, so it's kind of a recycling. It's actually very green. <laughs> it's brought it's brought you very close. I can only imagine. <laughs> I'm just joking. We no, no, we're good. We're good. We're good. I mean, we're gonna, but we're not hoarding. We're not hoarding. You know what I'm saying? We got we, we got our situation uh, under control. Can you? <laughs> All right. I was just wondering if you had to try to get a Charmin deal or he something really like was, that. He really wanted to ask that question. I felt, she was trying to get me not to ask. Yeah, I said it was ridiculous, but you went and did it anyways. Yes. Thank you, Emily. That was 30 seconds we can't get back. Exactly. Thing, I'll right? never get that back. I do, I'm going to totally switch gears here. I want to talk about tattoos, just mm. in general. You have quite a few. Mm. Mark? Marka over here has zero. If Mark was going to get a tattoo... What do you think it would should be? First of all, we all know who would literally kick his ass, right? <laughs> no, Pam, and she's Pam has tattoos. Pam has tattoos. Pam, Pam's got tats. Pam, okay, well, maybe Pam would be cool. I know she's listening, but uh, I don't know. For me, personally, for you, Mark, I think what would be really neat, you can never go wrong with your kids' names. Do like a big old thing right here, like like a cornucopia, a cornucopia, and then you have your kid's name shooting out of the cornucopia, and then your wife right on top. Oh yeah, yeah, that's 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 the, a good one. That's, that's the a tattoo good one. Okay, let me. The Are they pictures? Is it a picture? No, it's just like literally the, the old school cornucopia. I don't Tell know what, what that is. Cornucopia. It's the old school. I'll explain to you. It's like right. a. Okay. It's like a basket. It's like a basket that represents the harvest and the bounty. Like and all these, it's, it's like a horse, horse, it's like a little cone-shaped basket and all these ingredients flow from it. Kind of like this. This, <laughs> would, be said, a, yes. this would be a cornucopia. But, it's, you know, and have your, your kids' names and your wife and all that good stuff. That yeah, would be my suggestion. The, the shape is like that snack. It was called the bugle. Yeah, I know what a shape a cornucopia is, but yeah, I didn't get the reference. Okay, I got it. I got it. Exactly. <laughs> so what do you make? Look at you, your millennial self. Uh oh. Oh wait. What am I making? Wait, say oh, that again. Uh, you froze oh, up on my on. end. I'm not gonna. I'm not gonna. I'm not gonna reference the cornucopia, but I shall. Okay. So I think what I'm gonna do. Uh, I went to visit this farm this morning and let's put to rest Mark because you know how much this pisses you and me off Uh, farm to table is not a genre okay dude (laughs) it's kind of your your responsibility and it's kind of been happening since the beginning that's what I always say to people like where was it coming from before exactly (laughs) so it's like yeah, dude, like, it's like some, you know, it's like when people say I have a chef-driven restaurant as opposed to a dishwasher-driven restaurant. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? Like, let, let's just figure this out. So anyway, so I think what we're going to do here is we're going to take some of these um, beautiful squash blossoms that were literally, you know, every farmer will tell you, like, I just picked these this morning, right? <laughs> like, chefs will be like, I just cooked this literally when you walked in the door, right? So... I think what I'm going to do is stuff these with some queso fresco, and you know my favorite queso fresco, a little bit of egg, some olive oil, some herbs, stuff these, 
and likely better than the Friday. Okay? That, that will be aperitivo, aperitivo, and then maybe take some chicken thighs and do sort of a little salsa verde with some of these uh, carrot tops. You know, Mark, you love the carrot tops to make like a salsa verde. Love it. Or like a little bit of chimichurri, like a chimichurri, you know? I always, you know, a lot of people don't know that you can eat the carrot tops. You can eat. Oh, most, they're delicious. You know, there's, you know, and then there's also that other thing, that nose to tail cooking. There's also root yeah. to sprout, right? You can use all the vegetables. Yeah. Or rooter to tutor. Or whatever that means. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Your rooter to the tutor. Oh, I see. So, oh, we got that. Root, root. Got it. Okay. Around who's anyway. your dream? Who is your dream quarantine guest? You can. I know oh. the rules, but I'm just saying. Let's make it up. Who do you want to have come over for dinner? Anybody? Oh. Uh, come over for dinner and maybe stay or. <laughs> or oh, this is like, a PG. Like, this is a PG. No, no. Podcast. I mean, like just. No, I'm just saying, like, come over and then leave abruptly, or maybe you know, dessert or. Oh, what, I, I just sort of, Maybe I would say, what happens if, if I mean, you're obviously with uh, with Tio Mario, but what happens if you had to have one other person that was not a family member quarantined with you right now? I mean, besides me. And me. Of course. Of course. Well, you know what it would be, honest? I don't want another chef. As To all my chef brothers and sisters out there, no. I want somebody that's going to bring some, some, some new color and some fabric to our conversation. So definitely a musician, because a musician yes. can bring a guitar, and then we can kick it after I cook. We can sit out in the backyard, and, and we can jam out. You know what I'm saying? Um, there's a couple musicians I really love. There's a young guy out of Seattle named Alan Stone, who I really love his stuff. Um, uh, I mean, my buddy Shaky Graves, who's unbelievable uh he's out of texas and he helped me on my book tour in texas yeah so just a musician like an awesome musician i, I love speaking, him. that's a great answer yeah. i was gonna say speaking of musicians you you live in nola new orleans correct mm-hmm. most of the time mm-hmm. what do you miss mm-hmm. most about it i miss i miss my home i mean obviously but i just miss seeing my um i, I miss seeing the uh, the old school architecture I miss walking down in the French Quarter. I miss seeing all these buildings that have, you know, are 300 years old. And, you know, we're dealing with this pandemic and it, you know, we always, we, we took for granted that they, that those buildings have stood the test of time. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. So that's kind of what I miss, you know? Yeah. Well, brother, you know? I miss you too. I miss you. I wish we, I wish we were going to have dinner tonight together. I would love some of those zucchini uh, squash blossoms. Flowers. They look delicious. But yeah. uh, I want to thank you for being my first guest on uh, Food 360 Live during quarantine. I want to really, really be happy that you were you were my first guy. And and it's it's you know what I decided I wanted to do this, and I'm going to keep doing it because it's great to see people and it's great to talk about stuff and and just see what everybody's up to, man. Yeah, and, and first of all, let me just say to you you know when we've seen each other personally I gave you a lot of crap and the reason that I was giving you crap is because I want I respect and I love you so much and I wanted to to be able to just spend time with you and support you so the fact that we're able to make this happen is so special to me you know that right and Emily I I think the world of you I think the world of Pam your lovely kids Campbell and Colin and Everybody, you know, tú eres mi familia, okay? And I think about you. I wouldn't have wanted a a better person for for the first time. 
All right, brother. Thank you so Thank much. You. Love you, man. Thank you very much. Love you. I appreciate you y'all. Love y'all. Bye bye. Bye, bye buddy. simple solution to the problem was remove people from the scene and help them feel safer. In response to attacks against Asian Americans, Maddie Park raised over $250,000 to donate cab rides to the Asian community. There is so much more work to be done. We really need to come together and tackle this issue as a community. Support the Asian community. Learn how at lovehasnolabels.com. Brought to you by Love Has No Labels and the Ad Council. It's the Breakfast Club, the world's most dangerous morning show. Hey! Angela E is kind of like the big sister that always pokes you in the forehead. <laughs> Ooh. That's not how it goes? That's not how anything goes. Yemi's really like a robot. One of the best DJs ever. Believe that. Charlamagne is the wild card. And I'm about to give somebody the credit they deserve for being stupid. I know, that's right. <laughs> what is wrong with you? <laughs> Listen to The Breakfast Club weekday mornings from 6 to 10 on 106.7 The Beat. Columbus is real hip-hop and R&B.